power went out for those brief few seconds, I really thought, oh, that's my time to go home. <laughs> but ha, I'm here, so unfortunately you get to have me. So uh, turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter number five is where we'll be tonight. Uh, growing up, I used to love uh, suspense movies and intense movies, and I would sit on, on my chair or the couch and, and watch and wait for that big moment to happen. And then when it happened, I would be in shock of what I just witnessed, whether it would be a, a crime movie or a mystery movie or whatever the case may be. And uh, as I uh, read through my Bible, there's many passages in the Bible that I, I find very interesting, like Moses crossing the Red Sea, or uh, Daniel in the lion's den, or uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going into a fiery furnace, and all of those uh, passages that are just suspense, like the real. I mean, I believe the Bible is true from cover to cover, and I love my Bible. I love reading my Bible. I love studying my Bible. But this passage... We see a guy who isn't really named much, but he, uh, he wasted his life. His name is Belshazzar, and we may, we may wonder, who is he? Well, we're going to read this whole passage, so buckle up and follow along as I read. Uh, Daniel chapter 5, uh, that is in the Old Testament, God of Comfort, in case you wanted to know. Uh, like Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels in which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines, drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him. So that the joints of his loins were loosed his, and his knees smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. You want to note the third ruler or keep that in mind. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonished. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. 
And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences, and dissolving of doubts, doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now, let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then was Daniel brought in before the king. And the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king, my father, brought out of the Jewry? I have even heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that the light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But they could not show the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of thee, that thou canst make interpretations and dissolve doubts. Now, if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered, and said before the king, let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom, and majesty, and glory, and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him, whom he, would, he slew and whom he would keep alive, and whom he would he set up, and whom he would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up, and his mind hearted in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne. And they took his glory from him, and he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beasts, and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, Till he knew that the most high God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. And thou has and thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knowest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives, and thy concubines have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold and of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor, nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all the ways hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing which that was written. Mene, mene, tekiel, eupharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekiel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, 
and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being threescore and two years old. We, are, we just read the historical account of the fall of Babylon. The date, some say it was October 13th, year 539 B.C. And other sources I've read where it was just the month of October, the year of 539 B.C. But we have just read the historical account of the great fall of Babylon, where the, where the Medes and Persians took over and Belshazzar was slain. I want to preach to you tonight a message, Belshazzar, an example of a wasted life. And for everyone here tonight, let it be known to you as well that you have a choice of whether you want to live for God or be like Belshazzar and die without having the notation of God in your life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now just so thankful, Lord, for this passage. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for what it says. Thank you that you uh, give us exactly what we need to live our life by each and every day. Thank you for the men that you have given to us to read about, to learn about, and giving us examples to not be like this man Belshazzar. I pray as I preach your word tonight that you would hide me behind your cross. Help me to say the things that would only be pleasing to you and that I will be able to communicate your word and that they would not hear me, but they would hear you. Father, I do love you. I thank you so much for allowing me to preach your word. It is, I am not worthy to preach your word. And so as I preach, give me power from on high. Help me to proclaim your word with, thus saith the Lord. We give you all the praise and glory that's through your name. Amen. First, I want us to understand Belshazzar. Who is he? And what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar? King Nebuchadnezzar died in 561 BC. And just to give you a little bit of backdrop story history on who Belshazzar was, King Nebuchadnezzar had a son who reigned for two years. His name was Evil Moradak. I can't pronounce all of the names properly. You can ask my lovely wife. When we read our Bibles together, sometimes the, the words just flow through, and I, we just laugh. But for short, we'll just call his name Evil. That's a great name. I mean, if you're having kids, the first name you want to think of is Evil. Now, I, I wouldn't even go there either. But Evil is mentioned in 2 Kings 25, uh, uh, chapter 25, verses 27 through 30. If you want to turn there, you can, but I will turn there so that way you don't have to since we're in church, if I can get there. Um, here it is. And it came to pass, 2 Kings chapter 25, verses 27. And it came to pass in the seventh and thirtieth year of the captivity of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, in the twelfth month, on the seventh 
and 20th day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the year that he began to reign, did lift up the head of Jehoiachin, king of Judah, out of prison, and he spake kindly to him and set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon. Uh, I'll stop there for, for time's sake. So evil reigns for two years, and then he was killed. He was killed by this man named Neroglasar, who was the son-in-law of Nebuchadnezzar, and he killed evil. Then another man, Nabonidus, was another, son, was another son-in-law of Nebuchadnezzar. He married the widow of Neroglasar, and he had a son, and his son's name, Belshazzar. So there's a little bit of a lineage here that I wanted to kind of give you the backstory of, of who Belshazzar is. So Belshazzar was the oldest son to Nabonidus. Now, when I mentioned earlier about the third ruler and second ruler, I want you to understand something. Nabonidus was the, uh, the first ruler of the kingdom. But since Nabonidus wasn't really around, he gave, the, he gave uh, Belshazzar the co-ruler or the second ruler. That's why he mentions whoever reads the interpretation of, they will be the third ruler in the house. So you have Nabonidus, you have Belshazzar, and then whoever reads the interpretation would be the third ruler, in case you wanted to know. Um, so as we jump in, we jump into uh, uh, Daniel chapter 5, and we see, first off, Belshazzar, the king, he has a party. Now, a little bit more of a back, backstory. Cyrus and his army, they are getting ready to uh, penetrate the, the uh, Babylonian captivity. But they had thick walls that were not able to be penetrated. These walls were super thick, and they had an inner wall that was super thick, and they were built uh, around the Euphrates River. So they had water supply. They had enough food. And so even though word got to Belshazzar that they wanted to take over, Belshazzar said, you're not getting in. I am going to have a party. And because you're not going to get in, I feel safe. So he has a party. Now, I will tell you this. I got saved when I was 24, so I kind of understand what the scene is in this party. It is not like a Baptist party or a fellowship. I, there was no sweet tea. There was no lemonade. There wasn't pizza. There was none of the good stuff that we have as Baptists or lasagna like Bernie likes. Okay? This party was full of alcohol, immorality, uh, and apparently, according to what the Bible says, even in Esther, this banquet could have lasted up to 180 days. Uh, I don't know of any party that lasts 180 days, but thankfully enough for us, we have a bedtime, we go to bed, we get up next morning, and we are good to go. This party lasted 180 days, roughly, and when we read this account, it seems as if the party is coming to an end, or it's the last night, because of what we see later on in this chapter. I want to challenge us this evening with three thoughts that we could see of an example of a wasted life. Number one, I want us to see the party. They drank all the wrong kind of beverages, and I'm glad that my Bible gives us warnings about alcohol. Proverbs 20, verses 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is ranging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. 
Numbers 6.3 says, He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall, dr and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dried. Proverbs 4.17 4, says, For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Ephesians 5.18 says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It is one thing to have a party as the world, but Belshazzar crossed some serious lines. He does something that I would consider as blasphemous as possible. He takes the things, the um, cups and the chalices from the temple and pours alcohol in it and drinks from it. And he pretty much is throwing his fist up at God and saying, God, you can't control me. I'm invincible and you can't do anything about it. And just because of that, let's have a party and let's drink out of your holy things. He had no respect for God, his holiness, his reverence. At this point, Belshazzar puts up his fists and has a can't-stop-me attitude. Number two, the problem is God himself is now at the point of where his mercy and grace is far past. We know God's character. God's character is love, mercy, slow to anger, slow to wrath. He loves us. He's compassionate. But there is going to be a point where God pulls back and lets out his fury. In verses 5 through 16, it says this, In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. <coughs> Excuse me. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of, the, of Babylon, Whosoever shall read the writing, this writing, and show me the interpretation thereof, shall be clothed with scarlet, and have a chain of gold about his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's men, what king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed, and in him was his lords were astonished. Moments before Belshazzar is having the, the time of his life, like you can read on if you want, but I want to save for time. Uh, he's, he's having the time of his life, or what he thinks is having the time of his life, and all of a sudden, he sees a hand and a finger, and it writes, Mene, Mene, Tekia, Eupharsi. Can you imagine being drunk one moment, not that I'm endorsing it, but not being in the right state of mind, seeing that going sober real quickly? I mean, it would be like your face going from normal to pale white. His knees smote, kind of like what mine did before I came up here. Right? His countenance changed. 
his body language, he sobered up really quick. Three things I want us to know about his countenance. Number one, the fear in his face. When you see a hand appear out of nowhere, that ought to trouble you. I don't know about you, but I would be terrified. If all of a sudden the power went out and all of a sudden the lights came back on and I see a hand on the wall and it writes something of that where I don't understand, I would be a little terrified. I mean, think about the apostles. When they were on the boat and they saw Jesus, they thought it was a spirit and they were afraid. Or how about Mary when an angel came to her? Be not afraid. We would be terrified if something like that happened too. But thankful enough, we are God's children and we are protected by God. He was not. And so the fear in his face showed fear. I mean, there's nothing else to go ahead and say about it, but he was just scared. I would be too. I'm sure you would be as well. Number two, the fear in his mind. Look back in verse six. His thoughts troubled him. The king saw the part of the hand that wrote, then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him. So the joints of his loins were loose and his knees smote one against another. So there is no peace in your mind. When you have fear, fear can take over your whole body and it can mess up your mind. I know for me, whenever I have a banquet at the college, there's times where I lose sleep because there's so many things that are going through my mind. And it is true for anyone that has an important task. If my friend Daniel was building a house and he needs all the supplies and it rains, I'm pretty sure he's going to be having a lot of thoughts in his mind. I'm pretty sure if uh, anyone else that is doing any kind of serious job and something goes wrong and there's a lot of weight on your mind, you're going to have a lot of things going through that you're not going to be able to think clearly. But he was fearful because of what he saw. So there is the fear in his face. There's the fear in his mind. And then the fear in the bones. His joints were loose. Or, or his joints were, or his loins were loose. And we'll come back to that because there is an important note that I want you to see later on in the passage. Or in the message. But he couldn't control his body. He was so scared that his knees began to buckle. Have you ever had to do something that you either have uh, had to do before? Like as if I called you up for an illustration and you had no idea what I was going to have you to do. And if you were not a person that likes to be in front of people and you were scared, I'm pretty sure your knees will begin to buckle too. Okay? There are several things that Americans or people today that have great fears. Some of them one would be public speaking. Can I be done now? Just kidding. Uh, drowning is a fear. Darkness is a fear. We experienced that a little bit ago. Clowns. I don't know about you. I don't like clowns. Clowns, they just terrify me. The big nose, big shoes, all the paint, the big hair. Unless you're going to McDonald's to get a Happy Meal. I'm just kidding. Uh, clowns, they, there's a fear of clowns. Ghosts. Ghosts would, would, would creep me out too, just saying. But then also snakes and spiders. I hate snakes, I hate spiders. I'm just being honest. Thankful enough for, for my friends who can kill a snake with a shovel and then scoop it away. Uh, I hate spiders too, but those are some fears that Americans or people have. 
He was so frightened that he offered promotions to anyone that would be able to tell of what it meant. Isn't it true that the hand of God has proven himself many other times in the Bible? I'll prove it to you. In Exodus 8, 19, then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Exodus 31, 18, then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. It is the same finger of God that cast out demons found in Luke eleven twenty. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. It is not just the finger of God, but God is all-powerful. He can do anything that he wants. He spoke the worlds into existence. He made the storm calm. He, he can do anything he wants. But we know that the finger of God or the hand of God is, is proven time and time again in, in the Bible. And since his friends were not God's people, they weren't able to understand the writing. So, of course, he calls in someone that has been known to help uh, in times past, Daniel. But he, he calls him in at the calling of his wife, or his wife, the queen. In verses 10, we see, Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house. And the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. That's not, how we, that's not how we talk today, but that's how you would approach the king back in those days because they, they would think that they could live forever. So you would approach them, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods, and in the days of thy father light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, and the king, I say the father, made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting dreams. He calls in Daniel. Daniel helped King Nebuchadnezzar with his, with his dreams that he had back in chapter 4 and chapter 2. So Daniel obviously is known. Now at this time, Daniel is in his 80s or his 90s, and he is still purposing in his heart. He is what I would like to call the greatest example in the Old Testament. Because it didn't matter what the kings offered him, he wasn't going to accept it. I don't, want your, I don't want your gifts. But he still honored the king by reading the interpretation. So it is okay to do right even in wrong situations. So Daniel comes in. Daniel, A, is loyal to his God and turns down the gifts. We see also that he reads the writing on the wall. And then Daniel points out the pride of Nebuchadnezzar. Look at verses 18 through 21 of Daniel 5. The Bible says, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the kings and make known to him the interpretation. O thou, king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom, and majesty, and glory, and honor, and for the majesty that he gave him all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him, whom he would he slew, and whom he would he keep alive, 
and whom he would he set up and whom he would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was opposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men and his heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the most high God ruled in the kingdom of men and that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. So Daniel points out his progress, Nebuchadnezzar's progress, his power, his pride, and also his punishment. Daniel tells the king boldly where he messed up. Could we be that bold? When someone that we know is doing something wrong, we should tell that person, hey, you're not doing, you're not, you're not doing right. We should be bold. Because that could possibly save that person from a headache or a heartache. He tells them that his sin was greater than King Nebuchadnezzar. You may ask why and how. Well, read down to 22, where he says, And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, thou, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee. And thou and thy lords, thy wives, thy concubines, have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see, not, which see not, nor hear, nor know, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this, was, this writing was written. I want you to understand something. Belshazzar did not know the God of the Bible. He worshipped false gods. He worshipped silver and gold and wood. He did not worship the true Jehovah. And so Daniel is trying to tell him this. He's being bold about it. And so because of that, he finally reads the writing. I like what Paul says. Because, Because Belshazzar did not have the knowledge of God and yet chose to sin... We read in Romans 1, 28 through 32, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Second Peter 3 says this, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers... Uh, fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that, was, that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word 
are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Daniel was trying to explain to Belshazzar that you are worshiping false religions and false gods. And you're worshiping gods that don't see, gods that don't hear, gods that don't care. Job, Job 12 tells us, in, the, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Isaiah 42, 5 says, Thus saith God, thus saith God the Lord. That's not in the Bible. Uh, thus saith God the Lord, he hath created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he giveth them breath unto the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein. So Daniel is bold to Belshazzar. He's telling him that you're worshiping false gods, you're doing wrong, you've sinned greater than Nebuchadnezzar, and this is what's going to happen to you. And this is the, the final point, the punishment. As we look, Mene, but let's go ahead and read it. Verse 25. And this is the writing that was written. Mene, Mene, Tekiel, Eupharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekiel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And in that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. And Darius the Median took the kingdom, being threescore and two years old. So, he explains to Belshazzar the meaning. Mene, meaning numbered. God hath numbered thy days and thy kingdom and finished it. Tekiel, meaning weighed in the balances. Belshazzar did not meet God's criteria and now is found in wanting. Let me illustrate it. I love Apple. If I were to go to the Apple store and buy an iPhone, brand new iPhone, looks great on, on the commercials, looks great in my hand, I take the box home with me and I open it up. The screen is cracked, the camera's not working, it barely turns on. Would you consider that phone to be what you expected it to be? Right. If I were to go to the store and buy a case of steak, let's go big, filet mignon, and on the package of the box, it shows a picture of what the steak should look like, bright red, fresh, but then I take it home and I open it up and it's brown. It looks like it's like 30 days old, kind of moldy. It is not meeting the standard or the criteria that I paid for. I would send the iPhone back. I would tell the butcher, you're falsely, you're falsely giving me 
meat that I can't even cook? You're not meeting the standard. And can I tell you, as Christians here in 2024, we are not meeting the standards of God. God's standard is up here, and we're down here. Belshazzar is way down here. And so, he's found in wanting. He doesn't meet the criteria. Perez, the meaning is thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. In short, the Babylonian kingdom is as well as Belshazzar will be defeated that night. The Medes and the Persians are going to take over the empire. I want us to look back at verse 6. We're almost finished. Verse 6 says this. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. Turn, if you would, to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 45. We are reading in this book a prophecy of 175 years of Cyrus. How he was going to take over the Babylonian kingdom. Isaiah 45, chapter, uh, chapter 45, verses 1. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leaf gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break the pieces of the gates of brass and cut sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord which called thee by thy name, am the God of Israel." If you notice back in verse, verses 6, he says, Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, and so the joints of his loins were loosed. Because they had thick walls, the only way for them to get into would have been through the leaf gates. Well, they left the leaf gates open. And so they went in right through the gates, right into the banquet hall, and slain Belshazzar that night. I want to challenge us with three last thoughts that the Bible is very clear on. One, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 10.31 says that. We can't live a life thinking that we can escape or hide from God. Nothing we do, God does not know about. Number two, we all have a meeting with God. As you sit here tonight, one day, you are going to stand before God. Only you. Not your wife, not your best friend, just you. And there's two judgments that we should both be fearful of. The one for the lost would be the great white throne judgment. And the second is the judgment seat of Christ, 
where we will give an account of our lives, of what we did for him. But make no mistake about it. Both judgments should be and will be a place where you wish you could not be at, of how terrified you will be. Third, if you are not saved tonight, don't risk it. Don't risk having your sinful pleasure on this earth thinking that you will die one day and you will be okay. The false religions, the cults, they will teach you that if you're a good person or if you do all of these works, that your good works will outweigh your bad works. It is not written in the Bible anywhere. And so if you are not saved here tonight, don't mess with salvation. The Bible is very clear on that. 2 Corinthians 6 verses 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And if you are saved, don't live a life for yourself. Belshazzar could have had a good kingdom. He could have been a good king. But he chose not to. He chose to blaspheme God. And his days were numbered. Because he thought he was inescapable. He thought he was invincible. And he thought that no one could rule over him. So, question is, are you going to have a wasted life? Or are you going to have a life that is pleasing to God? When you stand before him, he will say, well done, a good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, we come to you now just so thankful, Lord. Help me to not have a wasted life. Help me to serve you with my whole heart. No matter what days may come, I know that you're on the throne. Help me to always be faithful and true and to do what is right even when others do wrong. And I pray, Father, that you would help us to be more like you when we leave here tonight. We do love you. And as we pray tonight that we would think of these things that we was mentioned earlier. And for the ones that are not saved, whom we know, there's going to be a time where they will be found wanting as well. And I pray that we would be doers of your word and hearers. We will be able to proclaim salvation to them, for they need you as well. We do love you. We ask not your precious, holy, and wonderful name. Amen.